Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in the Jets podcast. I am your host, Andrew Golden of Jets X Factor. I got my co-host, Lamont Jordan, former Jet running back here with me. We are going to wrap up the remainder of the Jets draft class, the last picks outside of the first round, as well as look ahead to their week one opponent. It got leaked today with the schedule coming out that the Baltimore Ravens will be taking on the New York Jets in New York to open the 2022 season. So we'll get into that as well. First things first, let's get into the Jets 2022 draft picks outside of their first round. And Lamont, we had said... Right after we got done recording, a little bit before the second round started, uh, you know, the Jets did great in the first round. Who were we looking at to take at the top of the second? And the one guy you were pounding the table for was Brees Hall, the running back from Iowa State. Well, lo and behold, the Jets trade up two picks to make sure they get him. Uh, I remember texting you, giving you the news that that had happened, and you were pretty excited. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts, you know, in person and words. Tell me how you're feeling about Brees Hall in New York. Listen, I'm loving it. And, you know, I, I spent some time, the last few days, just kind of breaking down his film, getting ready for our film study on him and other players. And um, listen, I love what I see out of him. I love what I see out of him. You know, it's one thing to watch a highlight, but it's another thing when you get a chance to watch the full game film, where you get a chance to get a feel for the situation. Um, you, you get the side view and you get the back view. So there are so many different things. And I'm really excited for the fans once we get this started, because you'll get an opportunity to see Basically, when we're in the in, in the NFL locker room or a college, I mean an NFL meeting, like this is how our meetings go. You know, yep. we always say the big eye in the sky don't lie. Well, one thing that the big eye in the sky showed me, and it doesn't lie, is that Brees Hall is a bona fide NFL running back. Um, the, I I just love everything about the guy. He's big. When I look at him, I look at a I look at a bigger, more powerful Carter. Yeah. That's what I see. Yeah, there's a, they're really similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, the what here's here's one I have for you. He's a bigger Reggie Bush. Take Ooh. away the receiving ability, but the way they run and their jump cuts and their speed and their ability to like I don't know how Brees Hall isn't torn his ACL seventeen times. Oh but man, the way he can stick his foot in the ground and dead leg cut and cut across mm-hmm. multiple gaps. It's mm-hmm. he's he's like Reggie Bush with sixteen more pounds on him. Yeah, and, 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 and yes, I, I can see that. I, when I watch him play, I see a little bit of Edron James. There's mm. a little bit out of each running back that I see. But the thing that I love about him watching his film over and over is that when he's in space, I, I, have, I have yet to see some film where the first guy brings him down. No. He makes guys miss. Um, when you think about the short yardage situation, we talk about having that power, you know, with Tevin Coleman was that guy. Um, I think Brees Hall is fully capable of filling that role. Um, uh, he's a great, listen, he's solid in pass protection. He's really active in pass protection. And you're going to see one clip is actually the very first clip that I have um, was him in pass protection. And you can see him where he, 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 he doesn't close the distance. And I'll talk about that. I can see, you know, he can close the distance a little more, but what I wanted right. to see is when contact happened, how is he? Great base. Hands inside, gave the guy a pop, had a yep. little recoil where he had to take some steps back, but the defender's head went back and the defender darn near stopped. That's what I want to see. There were a few times where, where the linemen were engaged 
and he was going to chip. Oh man, he went up in there and he really gave his shoulder. These are the little things. Everybody sees the highlights and they say, oh, this person is a great running back, this, that, and the third. No, there is so much to the running back position. You have to have the ability yeah. to run. You have to have the ability to catch the ball out the backfield and you have to have a presence in the passing game. And he gives you all of those. And I, and there's something else that he does. I also have a clip that I'm going to show against uh, West Virginia where it was third and two. There was nothing there. He was able to make a guy miss, find the hole, get skinny, get down yeah. in there, pick up that first down. And so when you talk about the Jets offensively, um, with the draft that they had with Garrett and now getting Hall, hoo, 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 I'm really, really excited about this. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm excited as well. Um, we had talked, like I said, we had talked right before the second round happened and I was a little bit against a running back that early. Not that I didn't like Brees Hall. It was just, you know, running backs and their availability. And I thought they had needs in other areas, but now we're in the reality that Brees Hall is a jet. Holy freaking crap. He is going to be so good in this offense. Like it's, that's just, it is what it is. Okay. Let's take it for what it is. He is going to be awesome in this scheme. It's a perfect fit for him with his ability to press front side, his ability to jump cut, cut back to the inside. If it's there, use the speed to take the edge and rip off huge runs when the opportunity presents itself for him. And the thing that you had brought up where you were talking about his third and two against West Virginia, his ability to get skinny. What I really love about him is you said it, he can be that goal line back. He can be that short yardage back. He had an NCAA record 24 straight games with a touchdown. Mm. Not all of them were breakaway 80 yard scores. A lot of them were short yardage runs. Mm -hmm. A lot of them were close to the line or close to the goal line and his ability to see holes before they open his vision, his patience and his ability to angle his body and get skinny and get through holes makes him so hard to defend in the red zone. Yes. It makes him very, very hard to stop on the goal line because he's so explosive. If you give him the edge, he'll take it and that's it. If you give him any crease to the inside, he'll beat your linebackers to the spot. Mm -hmm. He's got enough size and strength to run through people when he needs to. He can go over you. He's got a 40-inch vertical. You know, this guy is going to be great in those short yardage and goal line situations, as well as as an early down player. And on top of that, the speed on the Jets offense now. With Garrett Wilson, with Elijah Moore, with Braxton Berrios, and Brees Hall, you can put all four of those guys on the field and you have a, a four personnel set with every single one of those guys run sub four, four. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Mm -hmm. good, good luck. Teams are going to have, we talked about it for a long time, Lamont. This team lacks fear. Yeah. It doesn't put fear in anyone's hearts offensively. Well, they sure do now. I'm, I'm really excited to see Brees Hall. He's going to compliment Carter really well. And I think it's just an overall great fit to help the offense. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, um, you know, that was the second round pick. Let's look at that third round pick uh, yeah. in, out of Ohio State. What are your thoughts on him? Oh, I love Jeremy Ruckert. I absolutely love Jeremy Ruckert. He is the perfect Shanahan tight end in that he is just as good as a blocker as he is as a receiver, and he's really good at both. And that's so important for this offense because – they are such a play action heavy team in their passing game. And the running game is so important to set up those play actions. If you have to have a blocking tight end and a receiving tight end, now defenses know whether it's a pass or run before you even snap the ball. Mm -hmm. Ruckert gives them another guy that can sub in behind Uzama and Tyler Conklin that can fill either of their roles. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to have to skip a beat. 
you need your inline guy in CJ Uzama. He needs to take a rep out and he needs a couple plays off on this drive. Well, you put Ruckert in, he's going to be a great inline blocker. He can run the drag routes over the middle. He can be a weapon in the seam, no issues. You need Tyler Conklin to come out. He's going to be more of your wing tight end, more of your split out, maybe line him up in the slot when they want to go big. Ruckert can do that just fine. He has some, didn't get as many opportunities to catch passes as maybe some of the other top tight ends in the class, but that's also because he played at Ohio State. I mean, look at the offense they had. Look at the receivers they had. We drafted one of them in the top 10. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of other talent on that offense. It's a more receiver-dominant offense than a tight end offense, but when he got his opportunities, he really made the most of them. I think he can be a Pat Fryermuth type of player in the NFL where he is going to be, as Robert Sala said it himself, he's a bulldog in the run game, and then you need him to be a reliable receiver. He's got great hands. He can catch passes with guys all around him. He's a great weapon in the red zone. He can run through tackles when he needs to. I just think he's going to be a great fit in the offense, and I think this gives them freedom to not have to worry about future after C.J. Uzama. C.J. Uzama is close to 30. He only signed a three-year deal. You know, it's not going to be your long-term answer at tight end, just signing him. Now you have Ruckert in the wings behind him, learn along, get some reps in relief uh, early in his career. And I think he'll be the starting tight end by year three. I vaguely remember him calling the Maryland games when they played Mm -hmm. Ohio State. Um, I didn't call it this past year, but the previous three years. Um, But the one thing I will say is anytime you give me a tight end out of the Big Ten, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I yep. got a chance to call Noah Font's game, Hawkinson's games, mm-hmm. and I just this Gasecki, Fryermuth, like I said before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yep. get a Big Ten tight end, and and I need to go and check his film, but it sounds like that the Jets have their version of Grunk. He's a guy that, that can, yeah. He's a guy. I like him. I like him like a Hunter Henry. Mm. I think I think he can be a. I don't know if he's as physical as Gronk. I don't know if he's as athletic and just imposing and strong and all of that as Gronk. But I mm-hmm. think he can be every bit of Hunter Henry, where well, he's uh, yeah right. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, um, no, he's he's a really capable receiver. He had when Ohio State played Bama two years ago in the championship. He had a couple really, really big plays in that game to secure them that victory. Um, One in particular, I forget who was covering him, but he was running a seam route over the middle. And Justin Fields throws an absolute seed of a seam route, ear hole in the the guy who's covering him in man with his back turned. Mm -hmm. And Ruckert just sticks his arm out with one hand and just plucks the ball. Like Mm -hmm. arm goes out, ball stops catches it right on the point, brings it in big, like 25 yard run. He had another like two catches in the red zone, one for a score. I think like he's, he's a player, his opportunities were limited and his testing was really limited because he was injured throughout the draft process. He's recovering from a foot injury. Uh, all indications are that he's going to be okay. And he should be ready for camp. Shouldn't miss any time or anything like that, but he kind of got forgotten a little bit. And I think that when you're a guy and you're at Ohio state and you're surrounded by stars and there's a bunch of other guys on your offense. That's what's going to happen. But what I love about Jeremy Ruckert in particular, one, he's a Long Island guy, grew up a Jets fan. His whole family are diehard Jets fans. You know, there's that aspect. That's awesome. On top of that, he was a receiver in high school. And he specifically went to Ohio State to be developed into a complete tight end. Wow. Or if you listen to him talk, he said, I have these options as a receiver, as a potential tight end. And I wanted to go to Ohio State because I wanted to be an every down player. I didn't want to just be a move tight end. I didn't want to just be a receiving guy. I wanted to be able to be a guy that can be on the field at all times. And he's told, uh, he did an interview um, 
with Jets media after he got drafted. And he was saying, I was there as a freshman at 18 years old, going up, having to block Chase Young and Nick Bosa in practice. Mm-hmm. I learned to, to want to block and to get good at blocking real quick. I learned that if I don't get right, that these guys are going to embarrass me. And you can really see in his effort and his technique that he's a developed player. I think he's, I love him. I love the pick. I'm, it wasn't a huge need, but the value of Jeremy Ruckert, what they got him with the 101st overall pick, he was a top 70 player on my board. That's great value to me. I, I, I agree with you. And like when we look at these first five picks and you know me, the only one that I, I have a question about or that I'm holding, you know, I'm just, this is just wait and see is the number yeah. one pick. But if you look at Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall, Jeremy Ruckert, I mean, the Jets had a great yeah. draft, man. Oh, and let's get, well, we get into the last two guys. They, it's those two. This is every single pick could be a potential to, to have something off. I'll jump right into it. Let's get into Max Mitchell. Okay. Max Mitchell blew me away, dude. Max Mitchell really, really impressed me. His pass protection skills are top-notch. They are as good as some of the best offensive tackles I watched in this draft. Maybe maybe not the top three guys that all went in the top ten, mm-hmm. but he was a better pass protector than Trevor Penning. He was just as good as Tyler Smith. He was you know, equally serviceable as both of the guys from Central Michigan who went in the second round. His pass protection skills are fantastic. His hands, he is the best independent hand use I saw out of anybody all year. They are, he's a wizard. He's got less than ideal measurables, which is why he went in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Arm length is not quite what you want. Athleticism overall is pretty much average, if not slightly below. But you watch him on tape, his feet are really quick. His awareness is awesome. He can mirror guys in protection really well. And his, he's got like professional boxer hands. Mm-hmm. with the ability to just strike people at the right moment, stay in uh, protection, give a one-hand strike, have someone swat away his hands, come back with the other hand and reset. It's really, really nice. I'm really hopeful of his skills and pass protection. And I watched a game of him. I tried to find a game of him against some Power 5 competition because whenever you see a small school guy, you want to see if they've played any big competition or the best teams that they could have played to see how they are. If they aren't going to play any big competition, then go dominate in your small pot. So I found a game from this past season that was Louisiana Lafayette at Texas. And I know Texas isn't what they necessarily used to, but they're still Texas. Texas. They're still the big 12. They still get top recruits and they still have dudes that are a lot more talented than what he was seeing at Louisiana Lafayette most weeks. And there's a rep he had. It wasn't even a rep. It was a series really after about midway through the third quarter. I don't know why his coaches were doing this. I have no explanation whether it was an injury or, or a game plan or whatever but he flip-flops between left tackle and right tackle in the middle of drives, like on back-to-back plays, like seven times in a row. Okay. So he'll go first play, he's left tackle. They call a quick pass, gets six yards. All right, let's get everyone back up to the line. Now it's a right tackle. Now I'm playing right tackle. It's a run play, first down, cool. Now I'm back to left tackle. Back and forth and back and forth, run and pass for pretty much the entirety of this drive down the field that they ended up scoring on. He never skipped a beat. Mm. He, he didn't look like it was either side was any more comfortable for him. He was perfectly fine either way. So I think the Jets drafted him to be the main backup tackle. He is now Morgan Moses is in Baltimore. We're very uncertain about Chuma Adoga, who's been here for years and hasn't shown much development. Connor McDermott was, you know, a tight end who became a tackle who's seen some reps, but not necessarily a guy you're going to trust. This is a guy that's going to be your swing tackle. This is your now sixth offensive lineman on the depth chart. 
where he can play left, he can play right, he can fill in on either side. He's comfortable doing both. He trained in both all uh, spring throughout the draft process. He was wanted to be comfortable playing both so that he could be drafted on either side. He's going to be comfortable as a backup on either side. And I really think that he could have a future as a potential starter if the Jets tackle situation gets hairy. If George Fant and Mekhi Becton, if one of the two of them starts to falter and the Jets are going to be in need of a tackle in the future, I don't think it's going to be a, oh, we have absolutely nobody. We need to go sign somebody or we need to draft somebody in the first round. I mm-hmm. think Max Mitchell's going to have a shot at that job. I, he reminds me a lot of Riley Reef. And then mm-hmm. I looked up their athletic profiles. They're practically identical. Okay. Like they're RAS wise, um, Max Mitchell was a 5.35. Riley Reef was like a 5.48. So they're almost identical athletically Uh, play style wise. It works really well. I like him a lot. I think he could be, he's going to be one of the main backups on this team for sure. If not a future starter. Uh, You know what, looking at that pick and then looking at the free agents that, excuse me, that the Jets signed. um, If you're an offensive lineman, you're pretty locked in because they didn't, they didn't bring in any free agent offensive lineman. They didn't so draft anyone either. That was a yeah, top pick, no. And they didn't draft one. So that tells me that the coaching staff feels really confident with the people that they have. Now you add a top tight end. Um, you add a lineman that, that like you said, I think you said you had him in, in your top 70. Um, uh, I had record in my well, top 70. Record, top I actually, the last two guys I hadn't seen any of before the draft process. So I didn't have them in my rankings. Not that I was down on them. I just hadn't seen them. Um, but revisionist history, seeing them now, grading them as if I would have graded them before, they both would have made my top 75. Now, I, I, I listening to you talk, I like the Max Mitchell. The fact that he played, you saw a drive where he played both left and right tackle. Yep. That's huge. On back-to-back plays, still. Back-to-back well, plays. What that says to me is that that what you drafted in the fourth, in the fourth round is, and I will have to look at his measurables, is a guy that can perhaps play guard and tackle. So if you have any type of, if you have any type of injuries, you said he has. He started tackle. at left guard before. He started at left oh, tackle, okay. right tackle, and left guard over his oh, uh, yeah. career in that's, Louisiana. Yep, that's a huge pickup for the Jets. Then to be able to have that type of versatility on your offensive line, that is that is huge. Um, so I'm I'm excited to to look at his film and break his film down. Also, um, the last guy, Clemens. I feel like I watched some of his film. Oh, Michael Clemens is a dude. I feel like I Michael was, Clemens is. Did a he play in the in, uh, in the Senior Bowl? I was think he, so. Okay. I think he was in the Senior Bowl. I don't entirely remember which roster he was on, but I think he was in the Senior Bowl. Michael Clemens is Emmanuel Agba. Okay. Like six five, two sixty between. Probably he's going to play at around two seventy. Thirty four point eight seven five inch arms, so almost thirty five inch arms. Strong as hell, explosive as hell, long as hell, and is just the meanest dude you're ever going to see on the field. Mm. This is – put Michael Clemens in context. I'll use this. Um, he had a game against LSU this year. He had three and a half sacks against LSU. It probably should have been seven. Wow, okay. He had, like, two others. Quarterback is wrapped up, just throws the ball away as he's going to the ground. He has another one where he gets off the ball. He uses a great rip move around the edge. He gets to the outside on the quarterback. Quarterback is just able to like run out of the ankle tackle, gets around a bit and gets away and gets um, scrambles for like 10 yards. So he has this huge game against LSU where his stats are already great getting the three and a half sacks that he did get. 
And then he had others that weren't even, you know, possibly weren't even counted. And then you look at the statistics of that game. LSU had a freshman left tackle starting for them this year. And I know that sounds like, oh, he was picking on a young guy. Uh Uh-uh. LSU's freshman left tackle is like going to be a top 10 pick in two years. Okay. He gave up, LSU's freshman left tackle gave up three sacks and seven pressures all season in the SEC. Mm. Three of those three sacks and four of those seven pressures were against Michael Clemens. Nice. Nice. So the, the, the murderer's row of the SEC, this guy's a freshman left tackle for LSU. Only sacks he gives up all year. All three of them come against Michael Clemens and more than half of the pressures he gave up all season mm-hmm. came against this one dude. His, um, his strength, his explosion, he's got some good ankle bend at the top of his rush. He's got more technical refinement than you would expect. He's a solid run defender. And the one thing I'm really excited for with him, and you're going to know this for our listeners, I'll explain this, but Lamont's going to know this immediately. All he has to do is learn to bull rush with one arm and his sky is the limit. Mm. because he is a two-hand bull rusher right now Mm. and it takes away his length advantage he has these near 35 inch arms that are so long and he's so strong with them that he's able to just run through people he is a rep against that lsu left tackle where one of his sacks he gets low and uses a two-hand bull rush and quite literally pushes the guy onto his butt just runs through him with a bull rush jumps over the guy on the ground brings down the quarterback for a sack um Once he learns to rush with one arm instead of two, for the people listening, the reason I'm saying that is when you are a pass rusher, length is incredibly important. Being able to get your hands on a tackle and get outreach them before they can reach you takes away their ability to counter, gives you the advantage, allows you to win the rep. If you are reaching with one arm, and I have on video here so I can do this, you stick both your arms out at once, they're going to go a certain distance because your shoulders are locked and they're flat. If you extend one arm at a time, you can turn your shoulder, get that extra few inches of reach, and it gives you an extra couple inches to make sure you can get your arms longer than if they're straight up. Every defensive line coach in the world is going to say one arm is longer than two, and that's what they mean by that. Mm -hmm. All Michael Clemens has to do is learn to start bull rushing with one arm, and one, no one's going to outreach him because his arms are so long to start. Now, if he can start maximizing that length, turn that 35 inches into 39 inches, No one's getting their hands inside on this dude. And he's strong enough to just walk people back into the pocket. And all he has to do is add in the two counters that he already has. He's shown this on tape. He's a really good inside spin and he's got a really good rip move. So if he can start hone that one arm stab, you flash the one arm stab and either spin back to the inside off of it. If people are going to brace for power or you flash the one arm stab and you dip under it. Once guys flash their hands, Worst case scenario, you just run clean through them. I think he could be a fully effective pass rusher in the NFL with three moves. And I think that's all he would need. He's so strong and long and athletic and just aggressive and powerful. He doesn't need to, you know, be the most technical dude in the world. He's just going to be able to have his one bread and butter move that's going to scare the hell out of tackles, the couple of counters off of it when they overset for it. And the guy's going to be getting seven and a half, eight sacks a year, no problem. I am so so excited for him. There was, I'm outside of the Jermaine pick. I'm more excited for Michael Clemens than anybody else in this class. I'm not even kidding. He's that good. And I was just thinking about that. You know, first round you get a D and a D. Mm-hmm. We both won it. Yep. Fourth round you get another D defensive end. And I do remember watching his film. If this was the guy from the Senior Bowl, the fact that he went to Texas A and M does it for me. You're in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking at this draft. 
and looking at the free agents that we've picked up. The thing that I'm excited about for the Jets this year is the level of competition that you're going to have in camp because I feel like the Jets have just added a lot of depth to every position. Yep. If you look at the major guys, talent upgrades everywhere. Yes, major talent grades, upgrades everywhere, which means you don't have a bunch of guys that have these lackadaisical attitudes. Hey, I'm the guy, I'm here. They don't have anybody behind me. No. Yep. No, you know, if you're Corey Davis, hey, you're worried about these wide receivers that they bought in from the free agent. should be. You really should be. You're getting them a lot cheaper, and they're going to do the same thing he's going uh-huh. to do, but a right. lot cheaper, but with better. Right. They just paid you a bunch of money and felt the need to use the 10th overall pick on a wide receiver. Yeah. You're on notice. You're on notice. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're 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 on notice. Um, This creates a lot of competition. And when you're talking about a young team, because we have to remember the Jets come last year were, were one of the, if not the, the, the youngest, youngest team, had more team. snaps played by rookies than any other team in the league by about 120 snaps. Yeah. Oh, man, this team is, I, I expect this team to be significantly better. I yeah. think a lot of it is going to be on Gardner. Is he the guy that is he a fourth round pick or is he just an overhyped guy that went to Cincinnati? That still remains, remains to be seen. Um, but I'm loving what I'm seeing so far out of the jets and for me if the quarterback position we can get better at the quarterback position if he makes major leaps at that quarterback position you have weapons now there are no excuses as herm used to say no excuses no explanations Mm -mm. you know for me and i said this a while back um i think zach is on the clock this is yeah Yeah, no, this is, I agree. No, this is make or break for him. I'm not going to sit here and say any statistical, you know, that he has to throw for this many yards or this many touchdowns or win this many games or anything like this. It's as simple as this. If the team is carrying Zach Wilson by the end of next year, we got issues. Yes. That's, it's that simple. If Zach Wilson can't make the most of his talent and maximize this team around him and turn them from a collection of talent into a functioning offense, it's going to be time to maybe find someone who can, yeah. because now you got all this talent on this team. You can't waste them. Yeah. This is the, the, the team is getting ready to win. Now yes. the team is descending a lot faster than their quarterback position might be ascending. And if, if so, then that's going to have to be addressed at a later date, but you're hundred percent, right? This, the clock starts now for Zach. The yeah. rookie year is over. The adjustment time is over. The weapons around you are over. If God forbid, knock on wood, every single team person in his receiving core gets injured again next year, then maybe we can revisit things again and we can go from there. But as of right now, on paper, there are no excuses. Mm-hmm. And and if he is the weak link of the offense, it's going to be really obvious. It's going to be really telling. So I would say that that's the bar for me. He mm-hmm. be a guy that is not carried by the team. Make the team better. Make this already good team around you that much better. Be the catalyst that drives everybody. Be the engine that makes everybody else better. Don't be the trailer they're having to pull along. I'm 100% with you there. And one other thing I wanted to touch on where you had mentioned about the talent level overall. This is something I've been thinking about for a while, especially this past year. For many, many years, we hear stories of beat reporters going over in the summer to training camp and OTAs and everything like that. And we'll hear... Oh, this team looks great. The, you know, the offense is looking fantastic. Teams are improving. Everyone's getting better. And then the regular season happens and they go out on the field and it looks like they're a complete dumpster fire. And everyone's going, what happened? What happened? Everyone said they look so great in OTAs. Yeah. 
the team had no talent on it. <laughs> it was easy to look great in OTAs yep. because you're not going against an NFL roster. Yep. You're going against a, a B squad. Yes. And so it's a lot easier to look great in OTAs when you're going against less talented guys than when the pads are actually on and the bullets are really flying and you're going against talented teams in the NFL. That's not going to be the case this year. Nope. The Jets overall might look like things are struggling in OTAs. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That means the competition is good. That means both sides of the ball are competing. That means there isn't an, an obvious, you know, dominance from one side or the other. I'm really excited to see some of the training camp battles that we're going to watch. And I think this will be where we'll end before we get into preview in Baltimore, but sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, we're worried about sauce Gardner against shifty or wideouts guys who can break on a dime. Well, he's got all summer to get better against it against a guy like Garrett Wilson and yeah. Elijah Moore too. And, and all and the Barrios. other guys they got and Barrios. Yeah. Barrios. He can chop you up just as much. Yeah. So they got, he's going to have a lot of improvement there to get better. You're going to have the offensive tackles. Mekhi Becton's going to be coming back, going to go against Carl Lawson again, got Jermaine Johnson to go against. Michael Clemens is now going to be in the fold. They're going to be going against our talented offensive tackles. That's going to make them better. You got a year two Vera Tucker, who's competition against Quinnen Williams. That's going to be good competition on the interior. There's so much talent now on this roster that Carl Lawson said it best. He was talking, he did an interview uh, yesterday. He was asked about mainly the Jets defensive line room, but I think this really does apply to the whole team. And he just said it's a breeding ground for monsters where when you get all this talent in one collective area and you have all these guys with different backgrounds and different motivations behind what they're trying to accomplish, but their all main goal at the end of the day is to get as good as you can. It's iron sharpens iron. It's guys that are going to be holding each other accountable and you're going to have a team of monsters as a result, because the level of competition has increased. I'm really excited to see what they look like this year. This is going to be a year for me where I'm not going to let the record or the final result indicate how I feel about this team nearly as much as do I see them competing? Do I see them being in it in the end of games with teams that are tough? Are they beating the teams they should beat by X amount of a margin? Are they not letting games slip? Are they consistent after bye weeks? How do they handle playing on the road? All those things are going to be really the building blocks of this team for me. Because I think you are, with the roster you have now and the talent you've injected, your goal is serious playoff contention next year. Mm. Year three of Zach Wilson, you're hoping to be 10 wins. You're mm -hmm. hoping to be 11 wins in the playoffs, fighting for your division title. You know, that's got to go that quickly. Because if not, and you're entering year four as Zach Wilson, and you're not even in a playoff conversation yet, you might be looking for a new quarterback. I agree with you. Um, I, I'm going to say, you know, forget next year. You know, I remember coming, getting drafted by the Jets in the second round where, you know, we made the playoffs my rookie year. Yep. You know, we made the playoffs the second year. And, and, and if you think about this, that year, we made the playoffs. Vinny Testaverde was our quarterback. We had Chad Pennington. You had Lavernius Coles. You had Anthony Beck. Um, I mean, we had a lot of young players. We had a good yeah. mixture of solid vets and a good mixture of young players. And I see the same thing here, is that we got a lot of young players that are hungry. There's going to be a lot of competition. And that first game of the season, not sure if it's home or away. It's home. It's a home game. That yep. first game of the season, I think Baltimore is the perfect opponent. Agreed. And, and here's why. Defensively, 
Baltimore is going to challenge you in an area where I said, and then we talked about this, Jermaine Johnson is going to be huge when you have to deal with these running quarterbacks. Last year, last year, one issued, and I said it week after week, we had a hard time blocking teams that ran right at you, ISOs, things of that nature. Baltimore is going to hit you with that. And uh-huh. so, and then when you think about the offensive weapons we have, you look at, I mean, listen, we had a great draft. I think Baltimore had so do they. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a great draft also. So our offense is going to be tested. Baltimore historically has been a solid defensive team. Yep. To go ahead and put this young talent out here, first game of the season against the Baltimore Ravens, a team that's going a team that all the way across the board. Their offense is going to put some pressure on our defense. Their defense is going to put some pressure on our offense. And Baltimore's special teams has always been top-notch. And so for this being the first game of the season, um, you know, this this in itself is a playoff game. Oh, yeah. This is a litmus test right off the bat. This is a this is a are you for real or are you pretending um, yeah. immediately? The Jets run defense did it get any better? Well, we're gonna have to find out week one. Yeah, because the Ravens receiving core got worse. They lost Marquise <laughs> Brown. They haven't and they added some tight ends and they had some other guys down the line at receiver, but they lost one of their main receiving targets. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line got better. They added Linderbaum in the first round. They're getting Ronnie Stanley back at left tackle. You still have Lamar Jackson. You have both of their running backs coming off torn ACLs back. You're going to have J.K. Dobbins back. You're going to have Tyson Williams back. You obviously have Lamar Jackson. You got Andrews. And you got Mark Andrews. This run game is going to be disgusting, as it has been for so many years prior. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have a serious test over can you stop the run. You also have the test over can you contain the quarterback. Like you had said first off the jump, where whenever they play Josh Allen, here's going to be your practice. Because yeah. you're going to have to chase Lamar Jackson around the field. And most importantly, the Ravens' defense is serious. Yes. The Ravens' defense is no joke. They were number one in the NFL in run defense last year. For, for as good as their secondary is, with now adding Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, you still have Marlon Humphrey, you still have Chuck Clark in the back end. You, they're like one other really good corner away from having by far the best secondary in the league. Yeah. That's a test. Yeah, You got Odafe Owe as a pass rusher. You got David Ojabo, if he's healthy enough to play week one, now coming in off the edge as well. It's the Ravens, so they're going to have a ton of other dudes on the defensive line anyway, just because that's what they do. They added Travis Jones in the fourth round somehow, stole him and was able to get him in their defense. This defense is no joke. Yeah. And in my opinion, John Harbaugh is one of the five best coaches in the league. Easily. Easily. Like, it Easily. It's two of the five are both in the AFC North with Harbaugh and Tomlin. Like mm-hmm. I hold them in both very, very high regard. So you're going to have a team that's talented. You're going to have a team that's talented on both sides of the ball. That's a bad matchup for what you were historically at last year, what you were poor at. And you have one of the best coaches in the NFL along with it. That's an excellent game planner. That's an excellent game manager. Special teams are on point because he was a special teams coordinator. Yep. So he's always on point with that. This is a serious game. On top of all of that, historically, Lamar Jackson plays his best football early in the season. His his week one over his career, his three or so years in the league, his week ones are some of his better games of his career, bar none. Mm -hmm. And if not that, it's like Lamar in the first three weeks is like an MVP. 
yep. every All. single season. Yep. Yep. And yeah. So you're going to get Lamar at his best too. Mm-hmm. This is a serious, serious game. You know what? Home crowd better be there in force. If there was ever a home opener to have as many people there and have it as loud as possible and mm-hmm. to be imposing and to not show up and say, Oh, we got the Ravens week one. We're done. We're losing. No point. Go be for real. Yeah. Go, go prove that you can put out a fight. And if they, they don't have to, I'm going to be honest. They don't have to win. They don't have to win. If it's a close game and they're fighting until the very end and Baltimore wins on a last second field goal, where it's, you know, a one score game and it's tight the whole way, that's improvement. Yeah. That's a, a, that's a major improvement from where you were last year, but be competitive. Be I competitive. Agree. Don't back down. And I don't think they will. I honestly, I don't think they will. I don't think Robert saw is that type of coach. I don't think he's the type of coach to let his team think that they can't go up against anybody else. Cause we even saw last year, a couple of times when they were really down, who, who do the jets beat the Bengals? If the jets themselves don't believe they can with Zach Wilson out, Mike white, making his first start ever. If Robert Sava doesn't have that team confident in themselves, there's no way they win that game. So I'm excited to see this matchup because I think it is going to be a really, really big test early. And it's either going to, give them confidence and they're going to play well. And they're going to say, we're for real. We can do this. We put in the work or they're going to get hit in the mouth and they're going to go, we better reset and fix this now before this spirals off again. So I'm really excited. I don't, I don't think that you, you can, you can afford to have the reset with the talent. Oh, I agree. Yeah. That's bad. That's with, worst with case scenario. Talent, but... yeah, with the talent that you have on this roster, um, you have to go out and compete. And this yeah. would be my last point on this. This is where Robert Sala, his first game of the season, I put the pressure on him. And we talked about this all last year. Um, And you cannot do this against Baltimore or you will get blown out. All right. The Jets last year were a one half team. That is something that that I'm putting I'm putting that on the head coach. He has to be able to have a train, have a mini camp, have an offseason program and a training camp that gets his guys to understand that this is a four quarter game. If, and that's what I'm looking at in this first game is, is a, can you contain Lamar Jackson? B, can you not allow Baltimore to run the ball down your throat? C offensively, can you move the ball consistently and score points against Baltimore? And D, which puts all of this in, which puts all of this together is, are you going to be a team that can come out and play for four quarters? And we're getting, I mean, and the best part about it is you're playing against, you're playing against for the first game of the season, one of the most consistent franchises since they've been in the National Football League. And so yeah, literally from, from the, their very, their very first draft picks were Ray Lewis and John Ogden. If that says anything like, yeah, like they have been successful from their conception and have yeah. stayed that way for the entirety of their existence. Yes. And so if, so if, if ever there was to me, if ever there was a perfect first game of the season that can force you as a team to look in the mirror and say, Hey, do we look the same? Or have we grown? Have we matured some? And the Baltimore Ravens, they're going to give you that. And I'm, I'm, listen, I'm telling you right now, I just, I'm so excited about the Jets draft. I just want to be able to say, listen, Jets going to win week one. Yeah. Win week one. <laughs> but the Baltimore Ravens, I can't do that. It is entirely no. too early, but I really am excited about this Jets team this year, especially for the first game of the season, because I think that first game of the season is going to, 
it's going to answer a lot of questions, but I think it's also going to present a lot of questions also. And for the first game of the season with a young team, uh, second year head coach, I think that this is this is just perfect with the draft that you had. The city's going to be excited about you. The New York Giants are going to suck. And so, like, if you're probably. the – No, it's, there's no probably about it. <laughs> going to suck. I stay here in Washington, so I do a lot of stuff with the Washington Commanders. Um, and so I'm really – I know pretty much everything about the AFC East. The Giants are going to suck. If you're the Jets fan, if you're the Jets, this is your year right here to get New York City to focus and concentrate on the Jets. You don't have the Knicks. You don't have the Mets. Uh, uh, you're not going to have the Giants. Uh, uh, you don't have Brooklyn Nets, just got swept. New York Jets, this is your chance to they get have the city it. behind they you. They have it. Yeah, they really do. They really do. This is, it has been a long time since the city has been behind the team and it's definitely overdue. Um, this will be their chance to do it for sure. Uh, there's an interesting point I want to make. Last thing I'm going to say about this week one game, because week ones are always weird. They yeah. just are yeah. there. It's, you know, you're not used to the live contact. You've had some preseason, but it's the week one jitters. Teams are always going to have some new wrinkles that they didn't do last year to try and, you know, throw stuff off. You don't have much tape. You have new players and new spots it's kind of a little bit of an equalizer where teams aren't quite in a groove. You don't have, you know, as much film, like I said, so things can get a little wonky from that aspect and you can either go really good or really bad either way. But this is the important thing. If this is a big, if, but if the jets are good enough this coming season to beat Baltimore week one, that is going to be a really important win for playoff ramifications at the end of the season. Yes. Yeah. That is going to be huge where if you're trying to get in with a tiebreaker and you're trying to get in by strength of schedule or common opponent, if you have a win over Baltimore and you and Baltimore are the two teams fighting for the last wild card spot at the end of the year, and you beat them all the way back in week one, and it might be a situation where the Ravens are the better team now, but mm -hmm. the jets beat them in week one, that's going to have a lot to help them out in the end. So I think, on top of that, obviously their goal was going to be playoffs. Their goal was not to, oh, we just need to get better. Oh, we're just going to get six wins. Their goal was to be as good as they want to be. Yes. That's a hugely important game. Yeah. The AFC is incredibly loaded. The margins are very, very small. The Who's going to get in for those last few playoff spots is going to be all down to math. It's not going to yeah. be anything about who's actually better or who deserves it or, or anything in between. It's just going to be the math of who has the, the wins in the right places to make, uh, make them get in. So it's really important for them. If they are going to be competing, that could be the, I could totally see the Jets scenario of they lose to Baltimore week one and rebound and play better throughout the year. They're fighting for a playoff spot and then they miss out on the playoffs because of that week one game against the Ravens. And that's the tiebreaker. So it's, it's a really important game. I'm, I would have liked, you know, the fan in me would have loved to see them get like Jacksonville or Chicago at home week one so that they can go out get a, you know, a easier opponent, try and get a win and get some momentum. But for the betterment of this team, in the long run for the betterment of these young players in the long run, this is the test they needed. Yes. This is the test they needed to face. This is the, this is serious. We have an opponent now all summer 
they can be up in the locker room saying we got to take down the Ravens week one. We need to go yeah. out. Let's, we can't get embarrassed. We got to yeah. put in the work. We got a serious opponent. You know, it's, it's going to be, I love it. Yeah. I, it, more, it, and since talking to you, I love it even more. Like, honestly, <laughs> yeah. Hearing it from your aspect, from your perspective as a player, that's, it's exactly what I was hoping to hear is that it's going to be the, all right, that's our opponent. It's tough. Well then it's time. It's go time. Let's do it. Like, yeah. And, and that's, and that's critical. Yeah. For for that reason is, you know, if you're playing an easier opponent or opponent that you're looking at and say, okay, we can get this win. You know, sometimes yeah. some guys could probably get a little lackadaisical, but right. this is Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. It's very simple. You either mm-hmm. show up to play a football game or they're going to embarrass you. This is yep. a team that is all about the Super Bowl. That is what they're about. They are. And they never sleepwalk. They yet, never, no, they yet. never, you're never going to catch them sleeping. You're never going to catch them on an off day. You're never going to catch them. Oh, you know, we just, we weren't ourselves this day. Their worst games, they're still like at their worst seasons, they're eight and eight. Like yeah. they're, they are, they are, you said it consistent. Yeah. Where this is not a team. There are some teams that are really, really good in spurts. Like the Jets caught the Bucks on a bad day at the end of the year and almost yeah. walked away with a win at the end of the game. That's not going to happen against Baltimore. You don't catch mm-hmm. them slipping. They are go time always. It's yeah. I'm. I, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, it's I'm, gonna look, be I'm a looking. I'm looking fun. Forward, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but prior to that game, um, you know, just thinking about the fact that we're playing Baltimore, I'm really excited to really get into this film and get this film review up for the fans. I've already, like I said, I've already started on Brees Hall. Um, I'm going to break down everybody, especially our free agents, because I think that we got some good free agent names on there. And once again, some guys that's going to create some competition. And so um, I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited about this offseason. I love the draft and the free agent signings that we have. Now it's go time. It is go time. Yeah, it's absolutely go time. We got the next handful of months to really focus on these players, get into the nitty gritty, get into the film, get into the details there. Um, I'm definitely excited for that. I am excited, full candid, you know, honesty here. I'm excited to take a couple of days and not watch any tape because it's all I've been doing for four months. Um, Very, very excited to do that and to get back to the real world a little bit. But once we get recharged, we're going to come back full strength and ready to go and get into these draft picks as well. Uh, I'm so excited for this coming season. Like I said, I'm excited for training camp. I'm excited to see how things play out. I know Lamont, you are as well. Um, Make sure you guys are following us. You can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17 on Twitter. Follow at Coach Jordan 34 as well there. Uh, Lamont, uh, give us some info on the DC Divas. When can people find uh, out when that's happening? Man, Lord have mercy. So we go up to Boston next weekend. Um, we are two and two right now. Just lost to Tampa this past weekend. It was just, it was it was bad. As an offensive coordinator, when you lose twenty one nothing, that's it's, not it, fun. It's never good. Um, we played against a team that basically had Marshawn Lynch and Jerome Bettis as their running backs. I mean, it was. <laughs> um, but we do travel to Boston this week. We got to get this win. Then the following week, we play Pittsburgh. I believe we beat Pittsburgh, put up a lot of points. We make the playoffs. So uh, this is a bye week for us, uh, which was a, nudge, a much needed bye week for me. Um, but after that Tampa loss, um, 
you know, open things up to the Jets to put a smile on my face because I got something to look forward to this fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get to watch some good offense with Brees oh, yeah. Hall instead oh, of the bad yeah. offense against Tampa. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I got to look at myself on that one. Uh, anytime, <laughs> team, anytime, listen, anytime, it doesn't matter how many drops we have. Have you have you thought about running some of the college stuff? Um, no, 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 not after a twenty-one nothing loss. Not going to throw no. a bubble sweet a bubble screen in there just for fun, no. just to give it a shot. No, but well, well, I will tell you this: we 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 basically have the best quarterback in women's football. Last week in the second half was her first game back from a torn ACL, and wow. so and so you know I anticipate that things would be a lot better um for us moving forward but um we got practice tonight like i said we got a bye week this week which is huge but then we head up boston is a rival you know boston is a rival before i joined the team i think last year they had to have the police escort the team off because a big brawl broke broke out Um, all right then yeah they said boston you know i was told that they they could possibly have like eight thousand fans in in the stands and so this is next weekend is a huge huge game for us um and I'm looking forward this offseason, once our season ends, I'm looking forward to getting up to some of the Jets camps to check out some of the guys so that we could possibly get some interviews for the show, but also get some get a firsthand look at these guys um, sure. at training camp. And for me personally, it'll be great to get back. I haven't been back there since. Yeah. I haven't been to a Jets facility since I left, since actually my first year in Oakland when we played the Jets in New York. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, looking forward to that. Um, Drew, as always, another great show. Yes, another sir. great show. And um, for everybody's listening, we got some good stuff coming up this offseason. Like I said, I have already started the film breakdown. So keep your eyes out for that. Yeah, absolutely. Keep your eyes peeled for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Who better to break down uh, a film of a great running back than another great running back himself, uh, Mr. Lamont Jordan here. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching and following along. Make sure you guys are following at B-L-E-A-V underscore in underscore in or underscore Jets on Twitter uh, at Andrew Golden underscore 17, as well as at Coach Jordan 34. Thank you guys again so much for listening and we will be back real soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.